Radio. Being a disciple of Jesus Christ. A talk by Mark Nemo at the Immaculata Mission School 2017, held at the Launceston Church Grammar School in Tasmania. Are you, have you been enjoying the worship? Yeah. Praise. Yeah. The gang out here, you know, they, they, they're involved in, in, in what they call, is it long-term mission school? Yeah, long-term, like for five months. It begins somewhere around August the 4th or 1st September, right? This year or next year? <laughs> Sister, <laughs> mother, you, you understand what I'm saying? Folks, and, and it, it, it means so much, you know? I did my discipleship training school in, on the island of Malta, right? I went for, for a good six months. I lived on St. Paul's Bay. Hmm? The accommodation wasn't the best. It was an old building. Yeah? It was cold that winter. And you know I'm from Africa. Hmm? Yeah, you understand it? But the joy of just being together and all that, you know, it just, it was just great. Eh? And my life was never, never the same again after that long-term discipleship training. You understand what I'm saying? From there, my life was just radically changed. I mean, there were people from 27 different nations. New Zealand. Yeah, Michael Fairbrother was there. Yeah, Shane. Shane. I remember Shane very well. And all these guys from Germany, man, young people. And we, this is 1990, baby. Hmm? I'd finished college. I got a job at the university. I was a teaching associate. So I was working under a professor. And you know, my dad was a professor in the university. So everybody thought he's just going to be like his daddy. And after one year, I just announced to my professor, I said, I'm going to discipleship training school. He looked at me like, what? He says, is there anything wrong with you? <laughs> so I went. My life was never the same. I didn't go back to my job. Then I ended up in Uganda as a lay missionary for two years. Hmm? Ministering to people dying of AIDS and people with HIV. And it was worth it because my professor told me, he says, there are opportunities. You know, we can send you to America. You, you, you do your graduate studies, postgraduate. You come back and you be a lecturer like your father. I said, thank you very much. God has his own plans. I was listening to God. Hmm? Radical discipleship. That's what we want. Okay? So these guys, what they're involved in, you see, because, folks, if you want to be serious with the Lord, you got to be serious with the Lord. I'm, I'm going to share a little bit about that. So open your heart out. This is, this is a real pitch, you know? For that school, set yourself apart. You can have all kinds of obstacles. Oh, how about my job? How about my this? How about my this? Well, we're here. Hmm? If God gives a vision, he makes provision. Do you understand what I'm saying? If it's God who has given you the vision, he will make provision. Did I have the money to go to Malta? to buy the air ticket and all that. But God, what? Provided. That's the key. You understand what I'm saying? He was teaching me how to walk by faith. And because I learned those lessons, you know what? When 12 years ago, I decided to go and study in America, right? 
to do my graduate studies, master's and doctorate huh, in theology. Do you know how much money was in my pocket when I landed in Chicago? $100. $100 US dollars. I was going to begin a program that was going to cost $27,900 just for tuition alone. And eight years after I arrived, it was all done. Master's doctorate. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So you got to step out of the boat, baby. You know, so you can walk on water like Peter. You're sitting in the boat. Oh, Lord, I trust you. There is none. That's what it means. None like you. You can know my heart like you do. Yeah, he knows your heart. So you go there and you do what? You experience more of the Lord. I, I brought my stethoscope. Let, let me begin with that. You guys are looking at me like what? <laughs> yeah. This is, this, I carry along my stethoscope. What do the doctors use this for? To check your what? Thank you very much. To check your heart. You ask me, Brother Mark, are you a doctor? The same question my daughter Noel, the, the seven-year-old now. When, when I received my doctorate, uh, so she was, what, four? No, she was three. That's four years ago. Hmm? Seven minus four. Very good. So she was three years old. And she looked at me like, Daddy, are you really a doctor? And I said, Noel, you just heard them call my name. And she said, do you give shots? You see, so for, for that three-year-old in her mind, a doctor gives shots. I said, Noel, no, I don't give shots. <laughs> I'm a doctor of souls. <laughs> are you with me? So I can check your heart out and know whether you are alive or dead. <laughs> but I know, I know you are all so alive, yeah, after yesterday's prayer and all that. So you, you need a stethoscope, hmm? To check your heart every morning. Because if you sing, there is none, none like you who can know my heart. Jesus is the doctor who checks our heart to know every day whether we are alive in him or not. Okay? Praise God. I think it would be good I, I keep my stethoscope around my neck. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so it, it's okay for the school. Just talk to sister or talk to, you know, or any of the sisters here. Oh, do you see all the people serving us here eh? in the background? It's because they, they, they've gotten themselves into longer-term discipleship training. Hmm? It's not like they are going to... The fact that you do this doesn't mean you become a nun. So don't be afraid. Yeah. Or you become a priest. Yeah. If that's your fear, oh, maybe these sisters, these Immaculata sisters, it's their agenda, secret agenda. They want me to become, no, 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 don't be afraid. Just go. We need, we need young people on fire, lay people on fire. You never know. Maybe, maybe during the school, you're going to meet the, the right nice guy, you know, who might get married to you, you know, or the lady. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great? That you, you meet your husband at a discipleship training school. Instead of meeting him in a nightclub. Yeah? 
Isn't it a bit warm here? Can, can you open the gate a little bit, the door? Yeah. Because, man, when I start preaching, I start getting hot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like my temperature just starts rising. Because it's good news. It's good news. Okay. So, we'll, we'll, because I really want to get you to lunch. Now you have laughed a little bit. Your mouths are open so I can push in the gospel. You, you, you remember that, huh? Yeah, I learned that in Malta from my mentor, Nicole Bavakino. He says, let them open their mouth and you push in the gospel. It's good news. So now you are swallowing it. Hmm? Very good. Praise God. Okay. So being a disciple. Okay. That's the topic. Being a disciple. You're wondering, what, what is this all about? Being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Okay. Good. Uh, to gain a better understanding of of what it means to be a disciple, okay, discipleship, I think I want to ask you a few questions first, okay? Okay, now, which part of the world did Jesus come from? Don't be afraid to make a mistake, yeah, yeah. Or from the Middle East, very good, yeah. Which, which? Palestine, very good, okay? So, uh, specifically, Jesus was a Jew, right? He came from the whole Israel, that whole area, Israel. Good, good. Now, what was the faith, what was the faith or the religion that, you know, Jesus practiced? What is it called? Okay, I told you I don't want to take anything for granted. Hmm? So, you know, Jesus was from Israel. He was a Jew. He practiced a certain faith called what? Judaism. Okay, Judaism. Hmm? Judaism, very, very important. Now, why am I getting into all these things? Because, you see... <laughs> if you don't understand all this, you will not understand discipleship, Christian discipleship. Are you with me? Okay. So in Judaism, they had, they had what we call, you know, the, the Jewish scriptures. What we, we call the Old Testament. Are you with me? Okay, good. So, so the Jews don't have a Bible like we have. Okay. We have the Old Testament and the what? New Testament. Very good. So we thank the Jewish people, okay, because they gave us the what? Old Testament, right? Very good. So, so the Jewish scriptures, you know, composed of what we call the law, okay? The law, the first five books of the Bible, hmm? called the Pentateuch, Pentateuch, okay? So the first five books, like Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, you got it? Okay, that's how I teach my three-year-olds about the books of the Bible. They can sing it to you. All the books of the Old Testament, all the books of the New Testament. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. First five, okay? So, the Jewish scriptures composed of the law, the books of the law. Hmm? The prophets. Hello? Okay, the prophets like... Joshua was considered one of them, okay? First and second kings, those books, because in them you find Elijah, right? And Elisha, right? And then you come to, you know, prophets like Isaiah, hmm? Ezekiel. Can you mention another prophet? Jeremiah, very good. Jonah, you know, the minor prophet, the guy who was swallowed by the, <laughs> by the what? Well, well. Oh, I like that Australian accent, okay? So, the law, the prophets, and what they call the writings, okay? 
the writings, the wisdom literature, like the Psalms, the book of Proverbs, Song of Songs. So these were the Jewish scriptures, right? Okay. So those were the scriptures that Jesus was familiar with, that he used. Okay. I'm building on something. So people studied these scriptures and taught others about these scriptures. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. So these teachers are what we call the rabbis. Hmm? You are getting the picture. Okay, rabbi. So the rabbi taught hmm, students. Uh, and and the, apart from these, these scriptures, what we call the Jewish scriptures, there was, there, was, there, was, there was kind of like a body of teaching called the Talmud. Okay, the Talmud. It's like interpretations and, and instructions about these scriptures. So the rabbi hmm, had students who were his disciples. So if, if you studied under a rabbi, he taught you the Talmud. So you were a Talmudim. You, you understand what I'm saying? You were a student. You were what? Hmm? A student of a rabbi. Later on, the Greek word will be matetis for, for a disciple. Matetis. Say matetis. Okay, matetis. That's the word that you get mathematics from. It means learner. Oh, don't get me started. Because my doctoral thesis was actually on a method of discipleship for young adults. Okay? So I studied very well about the whole idea of what it means to be a disciple. Matetis, a learner. So a disciple is a student, is a learner. Okay, very good. It's a bit like this. Since you came to this mission school, who, who has been teaching you? You've heard the chief pastor himself, huh? Archbishop Julian, your excellency. Huh? He has taught us. Don't, don't, haven't you been blessed by his homilies? Yeah. So he's been teaching you. Okay. Brother Cassius huh? has given you teachings. You, you remember that? Okay. And yours sincerely, Brother Mark. <laughs> okay. So the idea is this. We've all been instructing you. We've been teaching you, right? So basically what would happen in those days would be this. If you heard a rabbi speak, a teacher speak, and you were so moved by the teacher, what you would do is, hmm, you would choose to follow him. Are you with me? So like after this mission school, Archbishop Julian would have disciples. <laughs> okay? Brother Cassius will have disciples. And yours sincerely, <laughs> Brother Mark. I know you will be one of my disciples, isn't it? <laughs> isn't that true? Yeah? He met, me, he met me this morning in the bathroom. He says, are you going to speak again today? I said, I said yes. He says, oh, you know, you know where I'm going to sit? Right in the front. So, you understand what I'm saying? So, I already have a disciple. You see, so this is, this is the understanding of the Old Testament Judaism concept of discipleship. Okay, so disciples existed already even before Jesus came. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay, very, very important. So, so, so you would rather choose the rabbi you want to what? Follow. And you became a disciple. Today is so beautiful, providential. Did you hear the gospel? 
So John the Baptist had what? Say it. He had disciples. Okay. This is very key. You need to understand this. The big difference between discipleship in Judaism and the discipleship that Jesus introduced is this. Are you ready? Sit up. Okay. So in Judaism, the disciple or the student hmm, or matatis chose the rabbi, the teacher. You understand what I'm saying? So you chose who you wanted to follow. Get this. But the discipleship Jesus introduced was this. Rather, it's Jesus who chose the disciple. Are you with me? He chose you. You didn't just choose to follow him. That's why if you read John chapter 15, right, verse 16, what does he say? He says, hey, it is not you who chose me. Rather, I what? Chose you and I appointed you to go and bear fruit. Fruit that will what? Last. So that's the big difference. Judaism, discipleship, you chose the rabbi, the teacher. But this time, Jesus says, I chose you. That's number one. Number two, Talmudim in Judaism, that's the student or the learner, studied hard to become just like the rabbi. Okay? So you sat at his feet, he taught you, hoping that you will get to his standard like your master. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand? Okay. Jesus, hmm, it's so interesting. So, so what happened was then, this this, this student would hope that he would also become a rabbi and also have what? Disciples. So when, when you finished your training, it's like you graduated. You understand? You had a diploma. <laughs> wrong. <laughs> like Donald Trump, he says wrong. The discipleship Jesus hmm, introduced, there was no graduation. You understand what I'm saying? No diploma. You were a lifelong learner. You were in this business for life. Are you, are you understanding what I'm saying? You see, because if you don't understand that, you think it's about head knowledge. That you come and sit here, we give you teachings, you write, you, and then you graduate, you finish, and then we give you a diploma. Then you are a disciple. No. You are in this for life. I'm a disciple of Jesus just like you. Archbishop will tell you, he's a disciple of Jesus. St. Augustine used to say this, Augustine of Hippo. He used to tell his congregation, he says, you see, hmm, for you, I'm a bishop. Okay? But with you, I am what? A disciple of Jesus. And he says, when I think of the fact of the latter, that I'm a disciple with you, he says, I shudder. Because you and I will come under the same judgment. For you, I'm a bishop, but with you, I am what? A disciple. And Augustine understood that. So we are in this what? For life. Hmm? It's not my doctorate degree that makes me a disciple. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yes. Are you understanding this? Yes. Because there are a lot of people who have doctorate degrees. In theology, bishop will tell you. <laughs> and they work in the church but they know nothing about discipleship. It's going to shock you. 
It's going to shock you because they think that when they graduate, hello seminarians, where are my seminarians? Oh, you are in big trouble right now. Yeah, because that's the trouble with seminarians. Many of them are trained, they study Mariology, they study epistemology, they study logis, the logis. Hmm? When they finish, they graduate. Hmm. They are ordained. And they think they are disciples. <laughs> no, 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 no. So it is helpful to study. But the, the type of discipleship that Jesus introduced, you were in it like an apprentice. Do you understand an apprentice? Do you have apprentices here? in <laughs> Lifelong. It was supposed to be a way of life. A way of life. That's number two. Lifelong learner. Say, I am a lifelong learner. You remember matetis? It means what? Learner. Where you get mathematics from. Hmm? Okay. Number three. The Talmudim or the student hmm, served the rabbi. You understand the whole thing? So the rabbi was the master, the teacher, right? And he was always served. So you see the rabbis going and the, the disciples following him. Hmm? And you have to fetch water for him. You have to do this and all that. Jesus came. The discipleship he introduced was different. Mark chapter 10. You know the scripture? He says, you know it. Hmm? That they lord it over the Gentiles. <laughs> but it should not be so with you. Do you know why Jesus introduced that? Because John and James, his disciples, they came to him. They said, oh, teacher, rabbi, okay? Can you do us a favor? They are two brothers. Following Jesus, so disciples, can you do us a favor? In your kingdom, can you let one of us sit on your right and the other on your left? Hello? Talk about ambition. Ambition. Hey, folks, I'm, I'm not kidding. I said I've been in this business for a while. I know seminarians. Hmm? So, oh, I'm sorry I'm on you. I know seminarians who are studying and you know all they are thinking of? They start pointing at each other. Oh, you might become a bishop. You might become a bishop. And then when the bishop calls him and tells him, oh, I want to take you out for studies in Rome. Oh, he says, ah, my chance has come. You ask Archbishop Julian. He's such a humble man. When he became a priest, he didn't even know he would be called to become a bishop. It was a surprise to him. Isn't that true? Yeah. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So in this business of following Jesus, you can be like James and John, who will go and say, oh, let, let me sit on your right and another on my left. Jesus says, no, 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 no. He says, the son of man was sent to serve, not to be served, and to lay down his life as a what? Ransom for what? Many. So what was Jesus teaching? His, his teaching was that to be my disciple, you have to serve. And even to the extent that you may be called to what? Die. Say die. die. You remember Brian Smith? I'm from Australia and I'm arriving in Rome to die. <laughs> yeah? You'll be called to die. <laughs> to die. It's today. He was arriving today. Okay, you understand what I'm saying? So, 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 so discipleship in, 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 
in, in terms of Jesus was different. It wasn't so much you are the rabbi and you must be served. No, he says, I came to serve and to lay down my life for, for many as a ransom. Okay, finally, okay, I could give you loads of, but Talmudim studied, the students studied the Torah, what you call the Torah. You know that you've heard about the word Torah? Okay, so the law could be the Ten Commandments or all of the, the five books, right? Okay. Jesus rather says, I came to fulfill the law and the prophets. <laughs> you see? So if you, if, you, if you follow Jesus as a disciple, <laughs> the rabbi was the Torah. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? It's like, this is it. You, you heard about Michael Jackson? You know, the final album, that, the movie that never, it's like, it's like, this is the deal, baby. <laughs> you want to study the Torah? I'm it. <laughs> I'm it. This is it. Are you understanding the whole thing? So he was the deal. So when you understand the difference between the discipleship and the Judaism, then you, you, you begin to get very well Jesus' concept of what it means to be a disciple as a Christian, to follow him. And so, now, he begins his ministry and he calls disciples. Are you with me? So Jesus begins to call disciples. I mean, today we, we heard in the gospel what, what Archbishop was sharing about. But if you go into Matthew's gospel, chapter 4, Verse 18 to 12, you know, he says he was, he was walking on the shores hmm, and he saw Simon and his brother Andrew huh, in their net, right? And he said what? Come, what? Follow me. And what does the scripture say? He says immediately or at once, they left everything and what? Oh, didn't, didn't the Archbishop do a great job? He prepared my, my, my talk for me, you see? Because the idea was they, they were familiar with him. You remember how Archbishop said it? Because they had met him. You remember John's gospel? Yeah. And then he went further and he saw James and John, who were also brothers, with their father in the boat, with the hired workers. And he said what? Come, follow me. And they what? Talk to me, talk to me. They what? They left their father, their boats, their nets, the hired workers and followed Jesus. Later on in Matthew's gospel chapter 9, you remember how Jesus called Matthew? Hmm? What was Matthew's job? Tax collector. He was considered a public what? Sinner. People hated the tax collectors. Okay? So Jesus is walking... <laughs> Again, Matthew is at his post, hmm? taking taxes. <laughs> Do you have IRS in Australia? The Revenue Department? Do you pay taxes? What do you call them? ATO. What does that mean? Thank you very much. Do you like them? You make all the money and they take it. <laughs> yeah, so, so he's, he's sitting at his post, conducting his business. Jesus reaches there, he looks at him, he says, get up, follow me, come follow me. Oh. And he says, Matthew left everything immediately and followed Jesus. Isn't that cool? All right. So Jesus, for, 
for him to call a disciple because you remember he chose you. You did not choose him. Do you remember that difference? Yeah. So Jesus, what? He chose these people and a movement began to grow around his message of the kingdom of God. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? So he began to have what? Disciples as well. Followers. Learners. Now in case you get deceived, you might think Jesus called only men. Hello. Uh-huh. Because he prayed all night and he says he, he chose out of his disciples 12 whom he called what? Apostles. And they were all what? Men. <laughs> I have good news for you. Jesus also had followers who were women. Hi, ladies. Yeah. He had a lot of followers who were women, who accompanied them, who provided hospitality. How do you think they ate? Eh? Where, where did they get a time, place to rest? These women, they were faithful disciples. Like Mary, the mother of James. Joanna, Mary Magdalene. Out of whom Jesus cast how many demons? Seven. She said, man, nobody loved me like this man. I'm going to follow him. Because all the people who pretended to love her, it was because of what they could get from her. Isn't that true? But Jesus just loved her for who she is. So Jesus also had women who were disciples. In fact, if you study biblical scholarship right now, you know what they are trying to say? They are saying that if you want the blueprint for discipleship, don't look at the men. It's going to shock you. Because these guys that Jesus chose, including the first pope, Peter, the men, at the crucifixion, how many of them were there? John the Beloved, all of them. <laughs> One betrayed him, isn't it? What was his name? But Jesus still chose him. The first pope denied him, but he still chose him. So at the foot of the cross, it was Mary, the mother of Jesus. Hello. Huh? The other women and John, the beloved apostle. That's why I love my women, man. <laughs> women are so faithful. What would we do in the church without you? Yeah. I, I just want to just encourage you. Don't, don't get into those political things of I want to be a priest. And why don't they ordain women and... When I listen to those, those things in America, I'm saying, what, what are these people thinking about? The concerns of the church in America, they are not the concerns of the church in Africa. I, we want to be priests. We want to be priests. You are a disciple. What else do you want? What else do you want? Hmm? So Jesus also had what? Women who were disciples. Hmm? And for all of them, the key was this. When he called you to follow him, you had to leave something. Are you with me? So he called them, they left something in order to follow him. For the first disciples, it was their boats. Have you met a fisherman before? I mean, these fishermen, this was their livelihood. They depended on this. Peter had a wife. Are you aware of that? He had to take care of a wife. And they left these things. So what is it? 
The discipleship Jesus calls us to will cost you something. It's called the cost of what? Discipleship. And it's radical. <laughs> the word radical has its roots in Latin, radix, which means to the root. Do you know, is my accent okay? The root of a tree, yeah. So that's radical discipleship. Radical discipleship. What are you willing to give up, to let go, in order to follow Jesus and become his matetis, his student? Is it a boat? Maybe you're so attached to your boat. Oh, come on, speak the truth. How many of you have boats? You know what I'm saying? Or maybe some of you have a yacht. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's your car, you know? Maserati, whatever, you know? Yeah, is it a boat? Is it a net? Is it your friends? Is it your plans? Is it your relationships? Is it something that seems to give you some comfort, you know, some drug? Is it a job? It might cost you even your life. What did Jesus say? Luke chapter 9 verse 23. If any one of you wishes to come after me, be my disciple, he must first what? Deny himself, take up his cross and follow me daily. He doesn't say come and follow rules. Follow me, the person, Jesus. Follow me, my way of life. Are you understanding what I'm saying? My teachings, my way of praying, my way of reaching out to the marginalized, the poor, the outcasts, the AIDS patients, the orphans. That's why I love Pope Francis. <laughs> you know what Pope Francis means? <laughs> the guy's <is> reaching out <laughs> to the refugees. That was Jesus' way. To women, that was his way. So it will cost you something if you wish to follow. Luke chapter 14, verse 25. Listen to what it says. If any one of you wishes to come after me, he, and he must even hate his father. Some of you are going, what? If you don't hate your father, your mother, your brothers, your sisters, and his own life, he says, you cannot be my disciple. I'm sure some of you are going, ouch. Brother Mark, this is hard. How can I hate? Okay, it's because we don't understand the language, okay? When Jesus uses, or <laughs> when it's interpreted as hate here, it doesn't mean despise or reject. I mean, I love my father. I love my mother. Eh? I love my brothers and sisters. But it's used hmm, to shock you. He says, in comparison to me, which one would you prefer? Is it your father or me? Is it your boyfriend or me? Is it your job or me? Are you understanding what I'm saying? So it's, it's, it's a literary device that's meant to shock us. Because some of us, the excuses we give for not following Jesus is, oh, my mommy, and my mommy, and my daddy, and my daddy, oh, my mommy. What? Can your mommy save you? Can your daddy save you? Who died to save you? Yes. You get what I'm saying? And so this is the idea. He says, if you decide to follow him, you must hate your father, your mother. 
and even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot follow me. What does he say in Mark 8, 36? What shall it profit a man if he gains what? The whole world and loses what? In the process. Amen? Am I teaching? Okay? So it's in comparison. And you begin to understand it better when in the post-resurrection accounts. You remember in John chapter 21? Hmm? Verse 15 to 19, when Jesus appeared to the disciples on the shore. Do you remember that? When he asked Peter, eh? Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? How many times? Uh-huh. Then, then Peter said, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Then he says, do you love me? Then he asked him, do you love me more than what? These. Okay. It's a play on words. You see? When you read the English translation, you don't get it well. Because for us, we have only one word for love in English. And it's what? Love. <laughs> okay, but in the Greek, you, you have about four different expressions for love. Okay? You can have a word like uh, storge, which means what? Like, to like. Hmm? Like, I like ice creams. Okay? Okay? But for us, we miss it. We say, I love ice creams. How, how can you love ice cream? Hmm? Okay, so that's one. And then you have filio, filio, which is like brotherly or sisterly love. Okay, like Philadelphia in America, you know, it's a city of brotherly love. <laughs> uh, Adelphoi in Greek means brother, right? So Philadelphia is what? Brotherly love, a city of brotherly love. Okay, so Adelphoi mm, or, or filio is the other way. And then you have eros, like erotic, erotic love. Sexual love. That's also given by God, which can be expressed particularly in the context of marriage. You understand? And then you have agape. Sacrificial what? Love. So Jesus is asking Simon Peter here. He starts with, with the whole thing. Simon, do you love me like a brother? Filio. Hmm? Filio me. <laughs> Simon says, Lord, you know I don't. And then, and then he goes on and he says, agapo, agapo me. So he's saying, are you willing to sacrifice your life for me? He's using the same word love. But it's like, do you love these things? Because Simon had gone back fishing. He had gone back to his nets, to his boat. After the rest, Jesus, Jesus says, do you love these things more than me? Simon says, Lord, you know it all. Amen. Okay, so this is what it means to be a disciple. It's going to cost you. It's going to cost me. And so that's the question I ask you. Do you love these things more than Jesus? What are you willing to leave so you can come and what? And what? Follow him. Because that's what discipleship is. Okay. I want to conclude. I'm sure you're going, thank you, Brother Mark. <laughs> because you are hitting us too much with this gospel this morning. Eh? Am I making you uncomfortable? Very good. That's, that's what I came for. <laughs> okay. So finally, what I want to do is I want to just share with you, you know, something about Mary, the mother of Jesus. Amen? Because she's such a model of discipleship for us. In fact, in fact she's called the first disciple. And you're going, what? I thought Jesus called, chose people to follow him. 
But Mary gave birth to Jesus. So how could he call his own mother? Okay? So that's why, why is Mary called the first disciple? And I really want to share this with you because she's a disciple because of Luke chapter 11, verse 27 to 28. You know what happened? One day Jesus was preaching fire. And a certain woman was so impressed <laughs> with Jesus. And you know what she said? She said, oh, blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast that fed you. Because in Israel, if somebody was very charismatic, was doing something great, you praised his mother. So like right now you say, oh, Brother Mark, man, I just love your preaching. But you won't tell me, you, 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 you say it about the womb that bore me. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. But Jesus said, no, 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 no. Don't, don't get a mistake. It's not my connection with my mother, my maternal mother. That says, rather, blessed are those who hear the word of God and what? Keep it. It wasn't like he was despising his mother. What Jesus was saying was, my mother first heard the word of God and she kept it. Are you getting the picture? So Mary is the first disciple because she models for us what a disciple does. A disciple incarnates the word of God. The disciple allows the word of God mm, to be part of his life or her life. She bore the word of God in her womb and the word became flesh. You remember how Archbishop said Mary is called the mother of God, Theotokos, huh? because she is a bearer of this God. Amen? Amen? So that's the first thing. Mary is a model for us. Don't you love Mother Mary? Okay, she gives us the example. So she kept everything she had. You remember when the shepherds came to visit? Hmm? He says she kept all these things in her what? In her heart. Okay, very good. So for discipleship, what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, particularly in the Gospel of John, this, the Gospel we read today, when Jesus calls the first disciples, it was so beautiful today. Hmm? He says, Rabbi, teacher, where do you live? You remember how the Archbishop illustrated that beautifully? It was like they were caught by some. It's a bit like Revlon. You remember the, the girl who was going, you know? And then they said, what does she use? What does, and she turns around. She said, the secret is well, Revlon. So Jesus is going. And then they are following him. And he, said, he turns around. He says, what do you want? They say, where do you live? <laughs> okay. And Jesus says, come and see. And he says, they went and they what? They stayed with him. Hmm? Do you remember that? They stayed with him that whole day. For John to be a disciple of Jesus hmm, is to have been with Jesus. Are you understanding what I'm saying? The way they know you are his disciples is that you have been with him. So these guys went, they hanged out with him. To use modern language. You, you heard young people, I'm going to hang out. Daddy, can I go and hang out with my friends? Who are you hanging out with? If you show me the guys you hang out with, I know who you're, who, whose disciple you are. So for discipleship in John, it's because they stayed with what? 
they stayed with him. They had been what? With him. Because he said, come and see. Now the way we be with Jesus is through prayer, isn't it? That's why we're encouraging you every day, spend time in prayer. 32 years ago, I was told to spend 15 minutes every day in prayer. Just 15 minutes. You see me when I come and stand here and I'm preaching, you go, ah, I want to be like Brother Mark. Okay, what will it cost you to be like me? It means you have to be on your knees every day. 15 minutes. And then it increased because you grow in love. Okay, so it increases from 15 minutes to 30 minutes to one hour. Okay, you got to be with him. Prayer. Word of God. You, that's why I'm challenging you to have a Bible. Don't, don't walk about without a Bible. Have the word of God. Get into it. Read it. Maybe you are saying, oh, how about if I don't understand all these things? When I turned my life to the Lord, I didn't understand everything. I didn't know any theology. I hadn't studied any theology. I went to discipleship training school. Hello, long term. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. So when I came to study for my master's and doctorate, hmm, all I had was my Bible and my testimony. I had been with Jesus. So I'm sitting in grad school, theology with all these seminarians and scripture class, you know, they mention a scripture and I, I just mention it. I quote it. I quote it. I quote it. The boys are all looking at me like these seminarians. They are looking at me like, where did you learn all that? I say, I'm a disciple of Jesus. I'm, I'm with Jesus every day in his word. What did Jesus say? Man does not live by what? Bread alone, but by what? Every word that comes from the mouth of God. So I read it. I read it. To, in order to do serious Bible study, you need to do serious Bible reading. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You just have to read scripture, book by book. Don't worry about understanding it. Jesus will make it clear to you. Okay? Mark Twain. How many of you have heard about Mark Twain? The American guy. Yeah. Do you know what he says? He says, <laughs> he realizes that when he's reading the Bible and he says, I don't understand this part. No, 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 no. It's, too, it's, it's those parts that are convicting him. Are you understanding? Those parts of the Bible that are telling him to change. Then he goes, mm, I don't understand this. I don't understand this. Yeah. Because God will make it clear to you. So you be with Jesus in prayer. Say prayer. prayer. Can you do this every day? 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Just sit quiet. Can you do that? Promise, brother Mark. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Okay? Okay. Do you promise to read the word of God? Yes. How many of you have read the gospel of John like I told you to do? Very good. The, the small booklet I give. Yeah. Just read it. Read it. Okay? And then you become familiar with the word. Not only that, but you need to be part of a community. Church. Because Jesus is revealed in, in his friends. Having to be blessed hanging out here, playing basketball with guys, eh? Yeah. Sitting at table. That's why I told you, the people you hang out with will show a lot. But these days, what are we hearing? Huh? 
the, the number of people who say, I believe, but I don't belong. They are called the nuns, not like nuns like these. Yeah, sociologists have come out. Nuns, N-O-N-E-S. Huh? Believing without belonging. I'm spiritual. Or oh, you don't have those people in Australia. Yeah. Hmm? I love Jesus, but I hate the church because it's full of hypocrites. No, 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 no. We are the face of Jesus. So it's so important to be with Jesus. You need to identify with the community of disciples he formed. And the church continues that tradition from the apostles of the people he gathered. You see, if you don't, that's why I started taking you from Judaism. If you, you won't understand Jesus until you know his roots in Judaism, discipleship, and the kind of discipleship he introduced, and the church that flows out of that continue. Do you understand what I'm saying? Amen? Amen. So I'm glad I'm Catholic, baby. <laughs> yeah. Because I hang out with people hmm, who love Jesus and adore Jesus and receive Jesus in the sacrament. So, so that's what Mary did. Hmm? Mary received the word of God. Very, very important. Okay. Now, to encounter this word is that whole mystery of the incarnation. Do you understand what happened? So that every day the word of God would take flesh in us. Okay? So Christianity, like Pope Benedict said, is an encounter with an event, with a person, which gives what? Life a decisive direction and opens up new horizons. 32 years ago, when I was, when I was hearing Jesus calling me, Mark, come and follow me. I didn't know I'll come to Tasmania, to the ends of the earth. But new horizons have opened up just because what? I'm following. Because the word has what? Taken hold of me. And that's what Mary allowed to happen. That's number one. Number two, Mary surrendered totally. So to be a disciple, you need to what? Totally what? Say it after me. Totally what? Surrender. Surrender what? You surrender what? Your plan. In exchange for God's plan. Are you with me? My professor that I was working under, he thought, he thought, oh, for Mark to get his doctorate, he has to what? Be in the university, work under me, and then we send him to America and he studies and he comes back with his PhD at 27. Then he's a professor like his father. No, 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 no. God's plan was different. When I surrendered, hmm, totally said yes to Jesus, I surrendered my sexuality. Do you understand what I'm saying? I said, Jesus, I've messed up too much, so you got to teach me all over again. Okay? So I'm not just going to date. No, I kiss dating goodbye. <laughs> yeah. I surrendered my plans. I said, Jesus, I'll go to Uganda. I'll serve people dying of AIDS. And I've, 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 I've known many people who have died of AIDS. Beautiful people. HIV. Yeah. Discipleship training. Was I being paid? No, no, no pay. No. What's the cost? And then at 40, when I was 40, 
That's when I went and studied for my master's and my doctorate. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So when you surrender your plans, it's like Peter asked Jesus, Lord, we have left everything, father, mother, job, everything to follow. What, what can we get in return? Jesus says, if you have left father, mother, brothers, sisters, houses, you will receive in return a hundredfold mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, houses. <laughs> Are you ready for this? And persecution. <laughs> I can't tell you how many mothers and fathers I have in the world. Because the kingdom is now. It's not later. I can go to many countries in this world and knock at people's door. They will open for Brother Mark. I have friends who are bishops. Now I think bishop is my friend. Eh? If I come to Hobart, you think next time if I come to Hobart and I call Bishop Julian and I say, Bishop, I'm homeless. I want a place. The bishop will say, come, come, come for a meal. You understand what I'm saying? All of you are now my brothers and sisters. Yeah. So I've not lost anything. Do you understand what I'm saying? I have many mothers. Now I even have a mother. If, if, if my mother is dead, now I have a mother. Do you understand what I'm saying? So this is what it means. To surrender. Then God will provide. He will provide. Because it means leaving something and following Jesus. What did Pope Francis tell you in Poland when you went for World Youth Day? He told young people, hmm? don't become couch potatoes. Uh-huh. Because if it's all about you, all you're doing is sitting with a remote control in your hand, flip, flip, channel upon channel, eating chips, <laughs> chips, drinking soda, Coca-Cola, Sprite. He said, get up, get up and do something for somebody. That was so profound. What are you willing to surrender? What are you willing to surrender? Couch potatoes. Go to America and see. And then we think we are doing God a favor when we show up in church for 45 minutes on a Sunday. And we say, oh God, look at how I'm serving you. We want radical disciples like Mary. So she what? She said, Yes. To the plan of God. Number three. She was willing to risk. Risk. She could have been stoned to death. Isn't that true? For being an unwed mother. Huh? So she risked saying yes. She visited her cousin Elizabeth. To serve her for three months. She was pregnant. Eh? True or false? She went in haste to the hill country. And she served Elizabeth. For three months. She was pregnant. And then she became a refugee. Talk about risk. Just by that one yes. She had to flee to Egypt with her husband. Joseph. With the baby. There's risks involved though. Folks. Don't, don't, don't expect that you came to this mission school to sit here. For us to, you know. There is none. None like you. And then, nice, then we go and eat lunch. Then we come back. Then we go, no, no. The mission school begins after here. When you go back to Sydney. Huh? And then every day you have to make choices. That's when the mission school begins. That's when you go to live like a disciple of Jesus. 
And then she was at the foot of the cross. Oh, beautiful. The Pascal mystery. Can you imagine a mother seeing her son dragged in the streets, beaten up? See, a disciple follows. You remember that? She followed all the way. I'm sure the soldiers pushed her. Get out of the way. Get out of the way. He's my son. She didn't care. It was dangerous to be a follower of Jesus. Do you know that? Hmm? Do you know that? But she stood at the foot of the cross. Being a disciple is staying close to Jesus. And then finally, she was at Pentecost. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? So she's there at the incarnation through the Pascal mystery at Pentecost. And at Pentecost, she was gathered with 120. You remember? Okay? With the disciples in the upper room. <laughs> Acts of the apostles tell us. So that's what it means to be what? A disciple. Being a disciple means being like Mary. It was at the prayer meeting that the Holy Spirit came. Do you understand what I'm saying? You may be crying, I don't have the spirit. I don't know whether I can have passion or what. Go to a prayer meeting. Go to where people who hang out with Jesus are praying. Like yesterday evening, okay? We were gathered in prayer. Keep going. Keep going to the meetings until the power comes. Amen? Amen. So, so that's all. I think we need to go for lunch. Huh? <laughs> And then we need to go for lunch. So basically, you know, being a disciple is this. He chooses you. You don't what? Choose him. He calls you. And he calls you for a purpose. When he calls you, come follow me. You need to leave something so you can what? Follow him. Hmm? Are you with me? Very, very important. Okay, so, so let's totally surrender to Jesus. I know there will be more that we will share about this. But let's pray right now, okay? Often when you hear the word, you might get convicted, okay? I want, I want those who, who really kind of have heard this word and are going, I don't know what is involved in all this, but I'm excited about the adventure. And I want to, I want, I want to really follow Jesus. That's what Pope John Paul II, like Bishop said yesterday, that's what he told the young people. Embrace the cross. But you see the joy of knowing that this is life. Huh? That's what's going to carry you. Okay? So those of you who really want to say totally, say, say yes totally. Okay? I don't want to reserve anything. Just, just stand to your feet if you really. And don't look at anybody. I'm talking about radical discipleship. If you want comfortable discipleship, sit down. But if you want radical discipleship, that says, Jesus, I have found in you life. I'm willing to surrender everything. To hate everything in order to have you. And just open your hands out. And close your eyes. Jesus... <laughs> We know very well that as you called your disciples, they weren't the most brilliant. They were 
uneducated men. They weren't the best. But you saw in them something that you could count on. Who they could become. Being a disciple is becoming one just like you. And following you, your way. That's why they were called the people of the way. Christians. Because they followed the way of Jesus. And so Lord, I thank you for my brothers and sisters here in this mission school. Those who have decided, Lord, to stick it out with you. And say, Lord, we will go wherever you lead us. But give us your grace. Give us your strength. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon us. So that like Mary, we will be able to say yes. Yes to that voice that's been beckoning and calling us. Just, Lord, just take care of our fears. Take care of our doubts. Take care of, of all the ways that we, we look to our inadequacies and weaknesses. And, and that's not what you're after. It's what you want us to become by the help of your grace. And Lord, just thank you that even through this group, Lord, you will radically do something in, in, in Tasmania. Lord, just, just those words of the Archbishop yesterday, I need you. Lord, may we hear those words, not so much from, from the Archbishop, but from you. Telling each one of us, I need you. I need you to be part of this movement to, to advance my kingdom. In this part of the world and even beyond. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus for what you will do. And we ask the help of our blessed mother. A star of evangelization. The first disciple. Hail Mary. Full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, sinners, now and on behalf of Okay, God bless you. Praise God. That was Mark Nemo with Being a Disciple of Jesus Christ. For more from the Immaculata Mission School, visit cradio.org.au.